Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. This is Cool Church. How many of y'all happy to be in this place today? Y'all ready to hear a word today? I hope that you feel the love and you felt it all the way in the parking lot and you got a little love right now from your brother and sister around you. See, created out of love is not just a funny little name or a great acronym, but we believe in the power of love because God is love and love changes everything. And so I pray that this word that God has placed on my heart may speak to you I think it will and um, and we're going to turn to his word in John 21 4 through 6 and then we're going to skip down to verse 15 and we're going to read all the way to 23 if you didn't already know this is a bible preaching church I got some bible lovers in this place come on if you're not going to a church that preaches the bible that's a problem This is about the Bible. This is about the word of God. Amen. So verse four in chapter 21, John 21, verse four, it starts like this. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they replied. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Some translations say there was over 153 large fish, which is a huge catch. And they had to haul it into the shore. And we're going to skip down to verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Everybody say, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. 
Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die, but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And today, as we lean into God's word, the title of this message is Mind Your Business. Come on, y'all. Everybody say it with me. Mind your business. Amen. Thank you, brothers. Let's go. Let's do the altar call. We good, right? That's all the word we needed, right? Mind your business. In this day and age, with all this social media, everybody is all up in everybody's business. The word for us today is mind yours. Mind your business. So let's set the scene that we're in in John uh, 21. See, Jesus has been crucified, buried, and he rose again. And and um, the disciples, you know, they he's appeared to them a few times, and the disciples are having a little trouble processing all of this and 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 don't really know what to do next. And then Jesus instructs them to meet him at the Sea of Galilee. And this is where um, we start to see them go. They, they say the theologians don't know why exactly. There's a lot of theories out there. But Peter goes out and he says he, he wanted to go fishing. He wanted to set out on this fishing trip. And mind you, there were other disciples as well that were with him. Peter and John were among them. There was about seven of them. And so they decide they want to go fishing with him. And they catch nothing the whole night. And um, then the next morning, Jesus was on the shore, asks them if they caught anything, and they reply no. And Jesus instructs them to cast, it, cast their nets on the right side of the boat, and they go ahead and they catch this enormous catch of fish, and it's crazy, and they got to haul it back. It's so heavy, um, but they're able to haul it back to the shore. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of us probably think that this is the, the, the miracle of the catch of fish that we've always heard about, but this is actually the second time, and we're going to talk about that. But what I saw in this is that in our own efforts, isn't it funny that in their own efforts, they caught nothing, but with Jesus, they catch more than they can even carry? And I feel like that's a word for us today. Because in our own efforts, we catch nothing of significance or eternal value. But when we follow Jesus, we'll have more than enough in our nets, not just of the things that we need, but the things that matter to Jesus, the things of eternal value, right? And see, the other time that we see this miracle of the catch of fish, remember that? It was the same scenario. They hadn't caught anything. He tells them to cast the net into the deep, and they go ahead and they catch them. But something different happens here is that the net started to break. It says in Luke 5, 6, when they had done so, they, so they followed the instruction that Jesus had given them. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boat to in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink and here's what I see in that see the first time that we read of the miracle the nets break and the boats sink and I believe it's for us today to realize that when we catch for our own sake our world will eventually sink 
and our things will fall apart because the focus is on the temporary. The things of this world are temporary. They do not last. Earthly pleasure and physical things. Yeah, we need physical things like to, 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 for us to live and for us to enjoy. But that is not the pursuit of the believer. And here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. Because in this second time, the Bible doesn't say that the net broke, did it? They were able to haul that net with all the fish. It was hard, but they did it, right? And here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. Sometimes the reason that we're failing or not getting the results that we're looking for is not because we're not trying hard enough, not because we're, we're not skilled enough or we're not good enough, but sometimes the reason it's because we haven't been obedient and our focus isn't on the right thing. Some of us are so fixed on doing things in our own strength, but without Jesus leading us, our nets will stay empty. Or maybe they'll be full for a little bit, but eventually that net will begin to fall apart and we'll lose everything. The things of this world are temporary. They don't last. We can't, that's why we can't place all our efforts in that. We place so much of our effort and so much of our focus on the things that are temporary. And I believe that now, man, let me tell you, God placed this on my heart. Because some of y'all probably don't know that a few, well, late last month, my mother passed. And my mother was such a faithful believer and she used to be here, loved being here. She used to sit right here on the second or third row and it pains me to not see her. And I know, I know, I know where she is. And I believe that God put this on my heart because he's crying to us. He wants us to focus, not just the things that are here, but there is life after all of this. And he wants us to place eternal value, our efforts, and he wants us to pursue things that have eternal value. And I've been thinking so much about that day after day, just what are those things? And... And I believe that that's what God wants us to catch today. People don't miss it. The things of this world, the pursuits of this world, they're not bad. There's nothing wrong with them, but that can't be your only pursuit. When our pursuit is building his kingdom, our nets won't break because what we're catching has eternal value. When the right thing is in our net, our boats won't sink, our nets won't break. So if you haven't already caught it, the net represents our pursuits. So today I ask you, what's in your net? What things are you chasing? What things are you catching? Do they have eternal value? So after this miracle catch, Jesus calls out to them to come and eat with him on the shore. And this brings us to our main scripture and the focus that I really want to dig in today. And it's really that Jesus restores. And so here's what's happening. So Jesus restores Peter after he denies him three times. So this happened right before this, the, the, the catch. 
And many of us are familiar with this story before the crucifixion of Jesus, when Jesus predicts that Peter, Peter denies him, will deny him three times. And of course, this happens when Jesus is arrested and all of that. And, and the Bible says that Peter, the first, the Bible says that they asked Peter a first and a second time. And he replies in both of those times, he is not. No, I am not. So they ask him, you, aren't you one of the man's disciples? And he replies, no, I am not. And in this reply, the first and the second time, he denies his identity in Christ. I am not. I am not a disciple of Christ. Then the third time, Peter denies even knowing Christ. He says, he began to call down curses and swore to them. I don't know this man you're talking about. Here, he denies his relationship with Christ. And I believe the word for us today is that the enemy wants to destroy our true identity so that he can then destroy our relationship in Christ. We can't let him win. Amen? See, the enemy's assignment is to kill, steal, and destroy any opportunity that we have to be in right standing with God. And so Peter denies Jesus three times, and he's feeling so terrible. He's feeling like a total failure. The Bible says he wept. He broke down. He wept. He was so disappointed in himself. He felt like a total failure. And I want to ask you today, have you ever felt like a failure? Have you ever felt like you felt failed at something so badly or you did something so bad? Anybody in there? I know that's, I'm put, raising my hand high. I don't know about y'all. Y'all perfect people in this place, but I know I felt that way. Yeah. So it's not just me, right? And so Peter fails in the most miserable way that anyone can fail, especially as a follower of Jesus. I mean, your job was to follow Jesus and you denied him. And he was the one that was like, ride or die. He was like, yeah, I love him. He was competing all the time about how much he loved Jesus more than the other disciples. And then when he gets put under pressure, he denies him. Man, he felt like a total failure. And I love that Jesus' response to him is not that he cancels him. He doesn't cancel Peter. What does he do? He restores him. And I believe some people in this place, Jesus wants to restore you today. Amen? Come on. And he restores him first through reflection. Let's look back at the text really quick. We're in the middle of a public conversation between Peter and Jesus at the shore after they caught the fish. And it says in verse 15, when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Verse 17, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my sheep. See, he asked Peter three times, do you love me? Because he wanted to affirm him after Peter had denied him three times. Do you love me? 
Notice that he doesn't ask, hey, Peter, why did you deny me? He doesn't ask, you know, uh, he doesn't ask him to explain the failure to him. He doesn't ask him to replay the whole situation. He simply asks him, do you love me? Sometimes the things that keep us from moving forward after a failure is our inability to let go of our past failure. Jesus is not asking you, where were you last night? Why didn't you just listen to me? Why didn't you just follow what the word said? Why didn't you pray harder? Why didn't you do all these things? Why didn't you just act right? Jesus wants to know, do you love me? Stop reliving the past failures. Stop trying to uh, justify what you did. Jesus doesn't want all of that. He just wants to know today from you and me, all of us, this is a question we should be asking ourselves every day. Do I love Jesus? Do I love Jesus? Because if the answer is yes, then that should motivate us to follow him and do what he asked us to do. We need to get to business. Mind is your business. In Peter's case, it was to feed my sheep. That was his instruction. But in our case, as disciples of Christ, listen, if you are in this place and you have accepted Christ into your life, you are a disciple. And as a disciple, your job is to tell everybody about the goodness of God. Tell everybody about what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Share the good news of liberation through Jesus. That's the good news. And maybe maybe you feel like you haven't done a good job of doing that and you haven't done what he told you to do. Maybe you haven't um, uh, served and done all these different, taken up all these opportunities to, to, to do the work of Christ and to build his kingdom. Maybe you've even fallen back to your old life. Oh, I know. It's, it's some times that I've been there. Falling back to, to my old old life and maybe you've you've fallen back into those toxic relationships or those toxic habits or the abuse the alcohol abuse the drug abuse maybe you went back to a, a life of lying scamming I don't know whatever you did maybe it was you know you stopped coming in church you stopped serving maybe you fell back whatever it is I believe that Jesus is calling you back to him today do you love me is his question let go of those past failures in your life. Stop reliving and going back to them. Jesus doesn't need you to explain it all to him. He just wants you to move forward with him. Follow me is his word to all of us today. Do I have some people in this place that feel the word of the Lord today for you? It's time to move forward and get to business. See, brother and sister, this is for the believer who has fallen away. Jesus wants to restore you. He wants to use you. He still does. He always had a plan for you. See, failure is not final. Failure doesn't disqualify you from your calling. If you can just move forward, do you love Jesus? Then focus on him and move forward with him. Amen? Keep your eyes fixed on him. Allow him to lead you and direct you and give you the clarity. Everybody wants clarity. Well, the clarity that you're looking for is what he told you to do. Amen? Jesus also asks, 
at the beginning of this series of reflection questions, do you love me more than these? Oh, I love that. In Peter's case, he was talking about the these were the disciples that were present. But I believe today he's asking you, do you love me more than these? The things that we're chasing, the titles, the, the approval from other people, the, the stuff, the material things, the cars, the houses, all the things that we're sweating and chasing me, chasing after. Do you love me more than these is the question that he's asking us today. And it's not meant to make us feel bad or guilty, but it is meant for us to reprioritize the things that we're going after. Amen. Are you going to continue living for you or will you finally realize that it's all about him? Amen. Maybe you've been so focused on what you want and forgot about what he wants for you, what he's planned for you. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Come on, God has a plan for you. This is a declaration. I love it when it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. This is a declaration. That means you can't fail when you follow his plan. Too many of us are following a plan that was never designed for us and God is saying, I need you to follow the plan. Because when you follow my plan, you can't lose. You won't fail. Amen? And see, there's something I find so beautiful about this moment of restoration that's happening on the shore. And I want you to catch it. Because it really speaks to the nature of how he does things, those nuances and those beautiful ways that he weaves situations together. It's never by coincidence. Everything means every, everything that we, we read means something and there's a reason for it. And I believe that as this shore, as this story on the shore and the catch of the fish is happening, he starts by doing something for them. He provides them with the fish for, their, for them to catch, amen? And then I love that he empowers them by having them drop the net and pull the net. So he's giving them something to do. He's activating them. He's empowering them. So they get to take place in the miracle. They get to have a place, a job, a function. They get to use what they have in the miracle. Amen. That's empowering. And then he tells them to come with them. And that's when the transformation happens through restoration. Provides, empowers, transforms. See, Jesus doesn't want to do something for you by providing for you. He wants to do something through you. So wherever you are, whatever you have in your hand to use, use that to share that good news. And then what happens is something in you begins to shift and others too, something in them begins to shift and that's where the transformation happens. Amen? Come on, y'all hear that? That's a word for all of us here today. It all starts with the reflection question, do you love me? Every day we should take a moment to answer that question and if your answer is yes, then focus on your unique purpose. Focus on your unique purpose. Let's turn back to John 21. We're going to look at verse 20 this time. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? 
when, G, when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Everybody say, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive, I think he was talking like this, because I just feel that. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Yo, this is my favorite part in this whole scripture. I think it's like one of my favorite scriptures in like the whole New Testament. I love it so much. And Jesus gives Peter a clear directive. And what does Peter do? He looks around and he says, well, what about him? That was his voice. He was a little petty. See, um... When I was in grade school, I was a little competitive, and you know, I still am a little competitive, yeah. You know, I can't help it if I win, Terrence. I'm a winner. And you know, I was in grade school, and like, um, I was like not just competitive in sports, but I was like classroom competitive. Like, I was like a, a real nerd. I was like, I was cute though, but I was a nerd. And um, I still am a nerd. And nerds rule. And my, I had this rival in, in my class, and his name was Brandon Thomas. Brandon, if you're out there, here I am. What's up? I'm still winning. How you doing? Come to church. Cool church. And um, so, yeah, it was like me and Brandon. We were always going at it. It was like straight up nerd wars. Like, we would race to finish tests. The test would start, and we'd be like all bubbling and, you know, the Scantron and all that. And then the first one to slam the pencil down, like, done. You ain't done yet. Like, it was just, like, real, real corny. And, and then, like, the teacher would ask questions, and, and, like, we would race to raise our hands. Who raised our hand the fastest and the highest? Like, we would be just competing to see who would raise our hand the highest and answer the question. And it was just, like, an all-out, like, nerd war every day. It was just like that. And, um, and I remember we got this pop quiz, and this was, like, a really hard test. Like, everybody got it. People were sweating, and they was just all stressed out about it, and, like, everybody failed. And, like, me and Brandon, we barely passed. We got a B. Well, first of all, to a Haitian mama, a B is like an F. Might as well just throw, rip it up and throw it away. And this was back in the days where you had to bring your test home and have it signed by your parents. So here I am bringing home. Y'all got, do I got any Haitian people in this place? Come on, y'all know the struggle. If it ain't an A, anybody just throw it away, yeah? <laughs> so like, I gotta bring this test home to mom, and mom looks at it, and she's like, what's this? <laughs> B. <laughs> what is B? I said, mom, a B is still passing. She's like, no, B is bad. Yo, she ain't care. She was savage like that. And like, you know, she would just like, she, she looks at the paper. She's like, I'm not putting my name on that. That has a B. I don't sign B. <laughs> Yo. And so I'm crying and I'm all like, but mom, the test was so hard. And like everybody else in the class failed. Like, what about Brandon? Brandon even failed. He, well, he got a B, and I got a B. So, like, like, like nobody passed this test. It wasn't, it was unfair. It was a, so I had all kind of excuses for the teacher and all, I mean, for my mama. And, and like, and like, I was just, I just kept referring back to everybody else and what everybody else was doing. And I feel 
like that is a word for us today in 2023. Some of us are so busy minding other people's business that we aren't minding our own business. Drink your water and mind your business. Come on now, stop worrying about what other people are doing or what they're going to say about you. They're going to talk, let them talk. Just mind your business. And your business is kingdom business, if you ain't catch that already. Allow him into every part of your life. If he's given you a job, use that. If he's given you a gift or skill, use that. It's all ministry. Your faith and your work is not separate. He placed you there for a reason. So use where you are, strategically positioned to mind your kingdom business. Amen. Do I have some people in this place that can say amen to the word of God today? Do what he has told you to do. Wherever you are and with whatever you have in your hand, don't you waste any time comparing or competing with anyone. You have a unique call on your life. Don't be so busy trying to be all up in somebody's business, somebody's lane that you're missing out what God wants to do through you. Mind your business. The Lord said, you follow me. You so many of us are so confused about our purpose because we keep turning back. Talking about, well, what about them? What they doing? We look into the left and the right. Oh, it looks cute. They got a mic. They got a YouTube. They got a podcast. I want to do that too. If that is not what God has called you to, it ain't your business. Mind your business. Amen. Jesus is saying you. You follow him. I love that you could stay there all day you that is a personal directive that is a unique directive to each and every one of us God doesn't need us all to look the same to be copycat I love that word copycatting just copying what everybody else is doing you follow me I think that is so specific because it says that you are unique with what you have in your hand your directive, your mission, your purpose, you move. Peter's response to the challenge from Jesus was to deflect it by wondering about what somebody else, what was going to happen to somebody else. And I believe that Peter represents most of us in this story. I believe sometimes we find it easy to deflect any personal challenge from Jesus by wondering and worrying about what others are doing for Jesus and what he requires from them. He's not going to require the same thing from you than he is the person sitting next to you. Focus on what he's asking you to do. Some of us sound like my grade school self. What about everyone else in the class? What about Brandon? He didn't get an A. That ain't my business. Mama got me. She was like, she was like, she straight up told me, she was like, Brandon ain't my child. Them children in the classroom ain't my children. You're my child. I've appointed you and assigned you to get an A. You mind your business, amen? This is what we look like sometimes. The call is to make disciples, but then we turned around like, what, who me? Who me? Well, well what about him or, or her? I, I don't know the Bible like him. 
can't, I can't worship like her. I, am, I, be, I ain't been in church like they have. God can't mean me. But the truth is that God ain't worried about your question. Stop worrying about all of those things. He called us all as disciples of his to follow him and to make other disciples. How do we make other disciples? We testify about the goodness of God. That's it. Don't be scared to talk about it. It's in your mouth. You use that mouth to testify about what God has done for you. Amen. Wherever you are. Some of us are thinking, oh, well, isn't it up to the pastor? She got the mic. It's her job, isn't it? Yes, yeah, my job, but it's yours too. It's all of ours. All of ours. We got a lot of work to do. Stop looking around and wondering who's going to do it. You do it. God's answer is you. Get the turkey. He's asking you to get the turkey so you can be a blessing. Amen. Come on, we got directives and opportunities today to do the work of God, kingdom business. And you know what? Some of us aren't even asking like, oh, what about him or what about her? Some of us are asking, well, why me? Why me, God? And I believe that God's answer for us today is because I want to. What is it to you? You follow me. We read of so many people in the Bible, from Joseph to Saul to Gideon, Esther, Mary, so many people, men and women called. And sometimes they, they come immediately, but there are other times that they have hesitated or they might have been scared and that's okay because they all came. They all followed the call. And thank God they did because their purpose was tied to so many other people. And even to us today, imagine if Mary had looked upon that angel and said, no, no, not me. Well, what about her? Not me. She would have lost the opportunity to carry our Lord and Savior. See, our purpose in life has been specifically designed for such a time as this. You are uniquely appointed for today. I pray that that empowers you. So many people's lives are depending on your yes, on your obedience. So don't look for reasons why you can't. Don't focus on your past failures. Don't look at the things that you don't have, but look at who is with you, who you do have. Amen? Say yes and mind your business. We mind our business when we tell others about Jesus and we do what he's told us to do. He will not leave us or forsake us. He loves us. He's equipped us. He's empowering us. He's providing for us so that he can transform and restore us. It does not matter what you've done before. You are not too far gone. Come on, I'm speaking life over you. Y'all catching this life? You are not the things that you have done. God wants you to look forward. Whatever those people spoke over to you, I rebuke those things in Jesus' name. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are called for such a time of this. You have everything that you need to do what you've been called to do. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is with you. He is walking with you step by step. You are not alone. He loves you. 
But do you love him back? Do you love me? Is his question to you. See, God didn't give up on Peter and he's not giving up on you. If you're still here, you still got business to take care of. Allow him to lead you. I don't know. I hope that somebody in this place is encouraged. Do I have some people who are encouraged in this place today? Why don't we give God some praise? Join me in bowing my head. Bow your heads. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.